Well, it's almost impossible to avoid bad news these days, isn't it? It was seemingly impossible a couple of months back when life was a lot more normal than it is now, but it's definitely impossible now. Take one scroll through your phone's newsfeed and you will get the bad news of the day. More people getting sick, more people dying, more people losing their jobs, having their income scaled back. Waves of uncertainty about the future surround us. School ending abruptly in the middle of the year. There is a lot of bad news around us. What's interesting about today, specifically April 5th and the church calendar, is it's Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is usually a day where the church gets together and celebrates the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem as king. It doesn't feel very triumphant today. And I understand that. But I still think that this story, tucked away in Matthew chapter 21, is something that speaks powerfully to us today. So join me in turning there right now. Your Bible's right there at home. I know you've got them somewhere around there. Open it up, uh, get something out to take notes with, and jump with me into Matthew chapter 21. The world at this time was similar to what it is today. Not identical, obviously, but similar. The people in Jerusalem, they were underneath the thumb of Roman oppression. They were yearning for good news in a world of bad news. They were looking for a hero. They were looking for relief. Does this sound familiar? Well, as we jump into the story, Jesus makes his way into town, and as he does, he sends a strong and clear message. And the message is this, I'm still the king. I'm still the king. And it's a message that he sent loud and clear then, and it's a message that he's sending to you and to me today. Now, you might be thinking, well, man, it doesn't feel much like Jesus is still the king today. Well, if you're thinking that, I say, jump into the story with me. Okay, jump into the story today and open your ears, open your eyes, open your heart to what God has to say to you. Because as we look into the story, we are going to encounter a few characteristics of our King Jesus. And as we do, you will see that Jesus' kingship is as real and as effective and as game-changing as it ever has been, even still today. So let's jump into uh, Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse 1, and we'll encounter these characteristics of Jesus, our King. Verse 1, as they approached Jerusalem, this is Jesus and the disciples, and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. So right here in these first few verses of this passage, we encounter our first kind of game-changing characteristic of King Jesus, and it's very simply this. He's in charge. Now you think, that, well, that's obvious, right? If he's the king, he's in charge. But no, we need to sit and think about this for just a moment today. He's in charge. He has all of the authority. And how is it demonstrated here? He tells the disciples to go off into the village ahead 
and they're going to encounter a donkey with her, its colt by her and an owner there who presumably owns these animals. And he's going to say, bring them over to me because I need them. That is a huge authority move. When I read this, I thought of those scenes in um, movies or TV shows where a police officer will run out into the road, you know, in front of a vehicle and wave their badge and say, hey, I need this car, police business, something like that. Uh, I don't think that happens in real life, but uh, maybe it does. It's never happened to me. But it happens in these shows and it just made, it immediately made me think of that moment where the owner's authority over the car is superseded by the authority of the police officer who requires their vehicle for uh, their job in that moment. And so Jesus sends his disciples off and says, hey, get this donkey and this colt, bring them over to me. And if anybody says anything, just tell them the Lord needs them. Man, this shows us tremendous authority that Jesus has as king. His authority is unlimited. It's unlimited. He knows exactly where the donkey and the colt are going to be in the situation that they're going to be found in. A king who has unlimited authority, has unlimited knowledge about everything in his kingdom, even to the smallest detail. And King Jesus, your King Jesus, is familiar intimately with every detail of your life and has full authority over all of it. All of it because his authority is unlimited. It's also undeniable. He says that this owner, if they say anything, just say the Lord needs it and it's gonna be fine. Why is that the case? Because Jesus' authority is undeniable. You cannot deny it, no one can. It feels like we live in a world that has totally denied the authority of Jesus Christ, but make no mistake, Jesus' authority is undeniable and no one can go against it. Not really. Nothing can truly happen in this world that the king doesn't allow to happen. This is the way that God's authority, his undeniable authority works. His authority is also unquestioned. Uh, The disciples here, can you imagine how awkward this may have been for them? The disciples to to say, okay, well, we're going to go over to this person who owns these donkeys and we're just going to say, hey, we need those. And, uh, Our Lord does, so we're going to take them, uh, and and then we'll bring them back, maybe. Uh, Super awkward. I would have been incredibly hesitant to make that move, but these disciples do exactly what Jesus tells them to do. Why? Because his authority as king is unquestioned. Now, what does that mean for us today? Well, it means this. There is nothing happening right now. Nothing happening that falls outside of the authority of King Jesus. Nothing. If he has the authority in the smallest areas of creation, full knowledge of where these animals are going to be and the ability to just say, hey, I need those and I'm going to use them for a while. He's got authority over everything. There's nothing happening right now in your life or in mine that Jesus doesn't have full authority over. There's a really famous quote by Abraham Kuyper where he says this, there is not one square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Jesus Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not declare, this is mine. Jesus is the king and he's in charge. I hope that this brings you tremendous comfort today because it can feel like the world is 
in utter chaos at the moment. But make no mistake, the king who called on the donkeys is still the king today, and he's still in charge. That's the first characteristic that we see of King Jesus. The second characteristic that we encounter in this passage is found in the next few verses. Jesus sends the disciples off to get the donkey and the colt and bring them back. And then Matthew, our author, explains to us why this is going on. Starting in verse 4, he says, This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Well, if King Jesus is in charge, these next few verses show us very clearly that King Jesus is humble. Not only is he in charge, not only does he have all the authority, but he also is humble. At this time, uh, a king, if they were gonna stroll into town and make a statement about their kingship, they would do so with a massive entourage and definitely an animal that was something other than a donkey. This was a lowly animal. They would come in on a horse or on chariots or something like that, but that's not what Jesus does. Essentially, he says, hey, um, go over there and you're gonna find a guy who owns a Ford Fiesta and I need you to grab that for me and bring it over here because I need to stroll into town uh, on a parade of my kingship and we're gonna do it in a Ford Fiesta or a Geo Storm or uh, I don't have anything against those vehicles, but they're just ones that I'm coming to mind right now. They're small, uh, <laughs> insignificant, like a donkey. He doesn't say, hey, go grab me the Lincoln Navigator across the street. He says, give me a donkey. Why is this so important that King Jesus is humble? Well, I think you and I have both seen examples in our world of bad leadership, of authority gone wrong, where the more authority that somebody has, uh, the more possibility for corruption. We have that quote that we all know, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely, except in the case of King Jesus. King Jesus is totally in charge. Not only is he totally in charge, but he's completely humble. So he can be trusted to have all of the authority over everything, to call all the shots in the world, in your life, and in my life. He is absolutely humble. We see Jesus' humility right here in this passage in a few different ways. If you look at verse 5, Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you. This is an interesting thing about King Jesus is that he always makes the first move. He didn't wait for us to figure out how to come to him. He didn't wait for us to want to come to him. He didn't sit up on his throne and say, well, if they can reach me, if they can get to me, then they're worthy. And King Jesus isn't like that. He comes to you. He makes the first move. Even if you have been following Jesus for a long time, maybe you've been lost in cycles of fear and anxiety. You've not been close to him the way that he desires to be close to you. He's made the first move. The embossed invitation is at your front door every single day to jump into your relationship with Jesus Christ. Do it today because your humble king comes to you. Look at what it says next. Your king comes to you gentle. When, uh, when you think of gentleness, I don't want you to think of weakness. I want you to think of controlled strength. That's actually what the word means. It means strength 
controlled. There is no one stronger in the universe than Jesus Christ. King Jesus is the strongest that there is, but he's also the most gentle. Scripture says that a bruised reed he will not break means that even if you feel like you're in a weak spot, that your faith isn't the best that it's been, that your, uh, your obedience of him hasn't been in the best condition that it has been in your life. You might feel like you can't approach him, that you can't go to him, that you can't jump into that relationship, but I'm telling you, you can because he's gentle. He is the king, he has all the authority, but he is humble and gentle, and he will not break you down. It's just not what King Jesus does. Look at what else it says riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. There's two animals here in this story that Jesus is calling for, but he's only gonna ride one, probably the adult donkey, and then her, uh, her colt comes with them. Don't miss this little detail. Jesus doesn't separate the mother from the child. He brings them together. He could have easily said, yeah, just bring me the adult and leave the other one there. But he didn't do that. Why? Because he's humble, because he's gentle, and because there's no one too small to play a role in his kingdom. And so he brings both of them along together because he knows and he understands. And he has something for everybody to do in his kingdom, even the smallest little donkey. It seems strange to look at it that way, but don't miss that detail. This is who your king is. So what's our third characteristic of King Jesus? Well, let's dive into the rest of the story to get what it is, starting in verse 6. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They went and got the donkeys and brought them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Well, King Jesus is in charge. King Jesus is humble. And here's the third one. Just go here with me. I got to explain a little bit. King Jesus is better. Better than what? Well, better than anything. But here's what I mean. He's better than what you have ever imagined. Okay? Look at what they call him here. The son of David. That was a messianic term known in Jerusalem and, and in Israel that the Messiah, the one who would save them, would come from the line of David. So they're saying, son of David, he is the Messiah. Okay, is he the Messiah? Yes, he is. They also said he's Jesus, the prophet. Okay, as somebody who has command of God's word and can teach and teach powerfully and, and, and talk uh, about the situation at hand and bring God's truth right into the middle of it. Is he Jesus the prophet? Absolutely, he is those things. But is he only those things? No, he's much more than those things. He is better than just those things. See, these people, they are looking for a hero and they are looking for good news and they have in their minds uh, a Messiah who's gonna stroll into town and he is going to set them free from Roman oppression. They have 
had a bunch of these insurrectionists that are going to come in and set them free. And they're so zoomed in on this that they're missing the greater picture of who Jesus is. Because the reality of it is, is that Jesus is working on something better than what they have in mind. And I wonder if the same thing might be happening in your life. Sometimes our pictures of Jesus are very incomplete. We are so zoomed in on one portion of who he is that we kind of forget about the other things. I'm so zoomed in on the fact that Jesus is the king and I should do what he says and follow his commands and that's good. But sometimes I'm so zoomed in on that that I leave out the fact that he's also gentle and gracious and merciful and I forget to be that way to other people. Maybe that's happened to you before. It's happened to me. Sometimes that version is, is flipped and I am focused exclusively on the fact that Jesus is gracious and merciful, but I'm not focused on the fact that he is also the one who is in charge and has commands that I must follow and obey. We do this in a lot of other ways too. I think sometimes when things get difficult, we are really good at zooming in and focusing on portions of who Jesus is, but then we leave out the other areas of the picture. And when we do, our faith is weaker. And when we do, we forget that he's better. He's better than what I've even imagined. Maybe you're here and you're watching this video today and you think this world doesn't look anything like someone's in control. It doesn't look at all like there's somebody calling the shots. It looks like utter chaos. In my life particularly, it looks like chaos. Maybe you're thinking that. Well, I'm telling you that Jesus is better than what you're imagining him to be right now. Maybe you're watching this video and you've got strong faith. You've had strong faith your whole life. And you would say to me, Jesus is amazing. I love Jesus. He's so good. He's so gracious. He's so merciful. He's so in control. I'm telling you, he is even better than what you've imagined him to be. He's better. This is your king. He is in charge. He is humble and he's better than anything you have ever thought him to be. Well, I hope that this is encouraging to you. And I hope that this starts to build a more complete picture of who Jesus is. Because just as he strolled into town some 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, he is still making the statement today. He is the king. He is in charge. He is humble and he is better than anything you've ever imagined. So here's what I want you to do with this. Today, maybe for the rest of today, maybe into this week, as you pray, I'm challenging you to call him the king. Just call him that. He's the king, so we should call him that. King Jesus. And the more that you hear that phrase and feel that phrase roll off of your lips in prayer, the more that you'll be reminded that he is not just Jesus, my loving friend. He's not just Jesus, the savior of the world. He is all of those things, and those are wonderful things, but he's also the king. He is better than what I've ever imagined him to be. And this is the king we need today. He is in charge of your life. It feels like chaos. It's not chaos. He is calling the shots. He has the authority. And he is humble. So he has already made the first move toward you. Just turn your face toward him. And he is better 
Whatever you have feared him to be, whatever you have imagined him to be, he will be better. He will never let you down. He will always exceed your highest expectation of who he is because he is just simply better. I want you to take this truth and just sit with it the rest of the day, the rest of this week, and remind yourself of it by calling him King Jesus. I'm going to do that. I hope that you do that this week and that as you do, you are reminded of who is in charge. It's his will that's going to be done. It's not going to be the will of the government. It's not going to be the will of the majority of the people. It's not going to be the will of even some crazy chaos that's out there or definitely not the devil's will is going to be done. Nope. It's the will of King Jesus. He's the one who is in charge. He's the one calling the shots. He's still in control. He's still humble. And he's still better than anything you've ever imagined. And you will see that to be true. I believe not only this week, but in the future, when we look back on this season of life, we're going to be able to point back at it and say, oh man, King Jesus, indeed, he was better than I ever thought he was. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, man, we're so grateful for King Jesus. We are so grateful that he's the one who's in charge and it's not anybody else. He is the one who has all of this in his hands, is holding it all together, and will absolutely work it all out for good and for your glory. That is what we're trusting today. I pray that you will help us sit in this truth today, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for your word and the gift that it is to us. In the wonderful name of King Jesus, we pray. Amen.